All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Farrell. And today we're going to be talking about a really important topic, and that is business planning. So, Scott, I know we just went through this personally for our joint LLC company. And I mean, where, where do we want to start? Well, shoot. I mean, not to toot our own horn, but the timing of this podcast is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, as we're approaching 22, we wanted to take a second and kind of spend some time talking about, uh, you know, our goals, but also kind of our experience with goal planning and uh, go from there. So, I mean, you lead us off. We really wanted to talk about it because of how important it is. You want to start with some of the points? Yeah. The, the first thing I want to share for everybody is a quote that you put in our in our notes and I think is is crazy good that I've heard before but had kind of forgotten about. And that is, if you are failing to plan, then you are planning to fail. Yes, sir. So essentially, if you're not putting in the work to business plan and plan for your business, where you want to go, what you want to do, then you are planning to fail. You are setting yourself up for failure and not success. Yeah. You know, the big thing is that like, if you're a business owner and you don't have a pathway that you're following, you're just going to go any which direction that, you know, you meet, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're typically somebody who already kind of is a visionary or somebody who's constantly jumping, right? Like if you are just an employee, you probably wouldn't be in this position to begin with, but you're somebody who likes to kind of break the normal path or break the normal uh, mold. Yeah. So, you know, it's important when you're looking at your business to take some time to step back, especially this time of year is a really good time because you can look at your last year. And obviously there's a really easy calendar reset coming up with January to start deciding how you want your business to look for the next year. You know, and sometimes this is good because some businesses are fiscal years. So maybe it's you do this in April because your yeah. fiscal year is in May. Yeah. But for us, our fiscal year is is January 1. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really important just to help keep track of where you're wanting to go. Yeah. And something that we were taught since first getting into this business, something that I know each of us have struggled with and come across our own challenges with is kind of this concept of being able to easily get distracted and, and not really have anything to follow. Right. Yeah. And something that can kind of, kind of tie into that is, you know, uh, focusing on, on one thing or a few key things instead of trying to yes. spread yourself too thin yes. and, and not gaining any traction on any one of those many things, yeah. but finding your, your niche and being able to hit the ground running, making sure you're planning for for success. Yeah. Well, and you also can leverage knowledge from other people. You and I have both had to go back and relook at our calendars. One of the things that we learned was calendaring yeah. everything. And we've, we I think we've talked about it in other episodes. But um, when it comes to your goal planning, you know, if you're sitting down and looking at your calendar from the last year and you don't know what you're doing, it's probably because you didn't have goals set. And when you don't have your goal set, you can't make plans, right? So it's been really helpful for us, you know, because then you deal with the feeling of being busy, but not being productive less often. And you and I, you know, admittedly have dealt with feeling like we're super busy and not making any money. Yeah. And uh, that's not why we're in business. No, I know. And I was going to say for anybody out there who has, I I mean, even in your normal nine to five job or any job, um, whatever it is. 
if you say you haven't felt the feeling of being busy but not being productive at all, I mean, come on. It, you're, you're straight lying up lying. I know. Yeah. <laughs> even now, we, it, it's funny and we struggle with it and we do our best to combat it. But even now, um, I know there's times where, you know, half an hour goes by and then me and you just kind of look at each other and go, what did we just do? What, what the, what the heck just happened the last half hour? What did we do? Did, I, I mean, were we really doing anything? We'll doing have anything? it for full days or yeah. half days yeah. easily. Yeah. So I think the important part is recognizing it first and foremost, because if you don't recognize that, it, it's just even more detrimental and you're on a path to, yeah. to not going anywhere. But then it's recognizing it and seeing how to pivot and how to move forward and how to improve on it. Absolutely. We're going to have to do a whole podcast on calendaring. Yeah. I think we have a lot of experience of how not to do it. Yeah. And we could share a lot and, and some of the wins that we have there. But we're talking about goal planning today. The other big key thing to me about like setting goals is setting expectations. And, and obviously, we'll talk about sharing our goals yeah. personally. But yeah. not only do you, do you have that, but I think you and I are both people that strive a lot off of... Uh, setting expectations and so when you set goals and you have these goals written out and you have them defined the expectation of how much work is needed to do it becomes much more easy to comprehend you know otherwise you know have you ever had that where you you go and somebody asks you like what do you do for work and you have to try to explain what you do yeah if you didn't have a goal that kind of helped guide what you do yeah maybe you wouldn't be able to explain that yeah and being able to explain to yourself is even more important yeah and another thing we noted on here um was discipline equals freedom and i know that that's something you wrote down and why don't you explain that a little bit more because it relates back to allowing yourself to have more structure and more discipline that yeah. way. But how does that equal more freedom? It's such a complex topic. It would be its own its own uh, entire podcast by itself, like not just episode, entire show. Yeah. Um, I can't break it down perfectly, but here's my understanding. When it comes to discipline equals freedom, there's a few points. One, when you're disciplined, you make enough money to become free from the financial stress. That's one of the big ones for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, when you've set goals and expectations to reach the goals, you don't have to worry about, am I going to make it? So you free yourself of the the stress and the anxiety and all that. And I'm still struggling to make it to that point. And then finally, like when you set that, uh, you don't have to worry about what am I doing today? Like if you have a goal set, I'm going to you know sell X many houses and to sell X many houses, I need to sell this many per month or whatever. And you break it down each day you come in, you don't have to worry. Well, like now what do I have to do to make a dollar? so that I can pay my bills. It's like, oh, I just have to do these things. And it's a checklist. So the discipline allows you to have freedom of thought and freedom of uh, emotional stress, freedom of financial burden. I think that's really why I wrote it down. Yeah. And it, it not to dive too deep into that, but I think it's, like you said, a really interesting and, and important concept is to have that discipline and that structure and and all of that now so that later, you know, you can be more free with your time it later instead of now wh- yes. when you're not able to able to have the resources to be able to afford to be kind of just free flowing and not really doing yeah. anything. And, and also like the freedom and discipline. Like sometimes I think freedom is like the thought that you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like I don't view freedom as the ability to do anything I want, but it, the freedom to have the options to do the things that I want to do that help push me towards the right path. Like, I have the freedom to only sell real estate 
not sell real estate and wait tables at Ruth's Chris at night. Yeah. That's kind of what I meant. Gotcha. Let's talk about, and, and we mentioned it a little bit. Let's talk about when you should be setting your goals, doing your business planning for the following fiscal year or the following new year. Let's talk about when, because I think it's really important to keep in mind. And what people may not realize is, okay, you know, I, I'm going to business plan a week before, you know, my fiscal year starts or a week before the new year start. And yeah. then you're looking at your goals and you're looking at how you're going to achieve them and what you need to do. And it gets kind of, it, it, if you're doing it right, it should be overwhelming if you're doing it a week in advance because it's a rehaul. It's a complete rehaul. You're gonna have you're gonna be needing to do different things if you're wanting to grow and do your business more. You can't do what you yeah. did the previous year and expect to grow by doing the same exact thing. What are your thoughts on when you would do it? So I've heard people say different things. I think we this year, I think we ended up doing it in mid-November, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. I would have been happy with doing it a little bit earlier than that. I mm -hmm. still think our time frame was good, which was yeah. about a month and a half, almost two months in advance of the new year. Um, I'd say the sweet spot is probably between two and three months, two to three months in yeah. advance. Um, you obviously don't want to do it so far in advance you because you track. don't have enough and you don't have enough metrics for, for the current year itself to be able to tell yourself, hey, what, what do I want to do next year? Yeah. So I think that sweet spot is probably between two and three months. What, what would you say? I, I think where we did it this year was a maybe a little bit late. Mm -hmm. We live in a, a, a 60 to 90-day life cycle, yeah. I think, is what everybody says in real estate. And so yeah. for us, you know, anything that we're looking at closing starting in October, there's a good chance that it could be money made in... Uh, the new year. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. If you're in a faster business, maybe that's not true. Um, but that's the way our leads and our deals work. For me, the only other thought that I have about doing it any sooner is you don't have the freshness of mind. So it's important to give yourself time to implement new things. For us, we implemented a new CRM. We implemented new business standards. We're implementing new legal uh, you know, contractual obligations between yeah. both of us. Mm -hmm. uh, we have new education, everything. So we had a lot of systems to overhaul uh you know maybe if your only goal is to up up you know upgrade your revenue uh or you know increase that you just need to give yourself enough time to get your marketing your uh top of funnel uh behaviors up to the point where by january 1 or whenever your start date is you know you're already uh you've already set yourself up for the success metrics right yeah um and ramping up before your timeline starts. Otherwise, you don't even give yourself a full year. Yeah. You know, and this is any kind of business that requires uh, lead. Um, uh, what would maybe be lead follow up or lead maturation? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, anything where it takes time. That's yeah. the big thing for me. Yeah. Well, let's use that CRM as an example, right? Because transferring transferring CRMs, transferring data, getting onto a whole new system doesn't happen overnight. No. It doesn't happen in a week. It, it, in our case, didn't even happen in a month. I think we're approaching two months and we're still not 100% completely yeah, dialed in on one, on one system, right? So if we're wanting to go into 2022 or the next fiscal year for our business, hitting the ground running and make sure everything is firing on all cylinders so we can hit those goals, we're going to want all this stuff that's needed for that done. to be done, which is why I think doing it in advance is essential. Yeah. And outside of just establishing your goals that time in advance, it's important, in my opinion, to also bring up the, the constant reviewing. 
mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about this but you yeah. know keeping a track on where you're at too so don't just put your goal out once and then not think about it again um, you'll never hit your goal that way yeah. you know and so even if you plan way in advance I think it's really important like for us the first week of January we're gonna sit down and we're gonna spend more time in that first week of January than we normally would so we can start ingraining the ideas of what we're doing uh, or engraving the ideas into our brain that way it's it's continuous for us you yeah. know we have to develop some kind of a system to review yeah a hundred percent now obviously we've we've talked a little bit about timing um mm-hmm. and goals uh for people who've never ran a business or even people who do run a business we're not experts in goal setting but no. we've attended a couple <laughs> different years of doing this yeah. and we feel like after peer reviewing this with a few people that we have at least a pretty good system for a start yeah um what w- when we were sitting down and talking and looking at our goals. What was the first goal that we were establishing? Revenue. Not profit. Profit slash revenue. The, Those the are money, the two to me. The money coming. Okay. Revenue right. was the first. Clarify. Revenue coming into the business and then at the end of the day, profit and then going even further, our gross Personal. payout to, personally because we are paid through the business, right? But looking at it in the business perspective, revenue. Why would revenue be the easiest number to pick first? Well, not only can you go kind of work backwards based off of your current year, right? You can look at your revenue and say, okay, to get this revenue, I had to close 10 transactions. Right. So if I, and taking a deep dive more, 10 transactions for X amount at X amount of commission, right? Mm -hmm. So looking forward, if you're wanting to grow your revenue, if you're going by percentages, you know, 10% or if you're looking at a dollar amount of revenue, you can say, okay, it took me 10 houses at X amount of X commission to do this. And then it's just a a, a formula math to project those numbers for the next year. So if you're wanting to jump your revenue to X amount, then I'll just need to do 2.3 more transactions at the same X average price and X average commission in order to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to see on paper because you can yeah. project using math it's and yeah, pretty and simple there's math. very few variables yeah okay so that's cool so for us we looked at revenue um we calculated our revenues based off of real data so we've been mm-hmm. tracking our com- our commissions and our income uh on excel which yep. is not a great way of doing it but mm-hmm. it's been very consistent yeah so we have last year's and we figured it out we figured out what scott's average commission rate is your average commission rate you know, we looked at how many deals I did, how many deals you did, our, both of our average sales. Mm-hmm. We use that to help decide our revenue rate. We kind of intermixed our profit margin with our revenue. So I started with, this is what I want my profit margin to be with. And you started with, this is what I want my profit margin to be with. And then we picked revenue that mm-hmm. we felt would be reasonable to get that profit margin. Mm-hmm. Now, for both of us, the big thing too that we couldn't predict is you know, in order to increase our revenue, we have to increase our ad spend, right? Yes. Any kind of, so, you know, we can't just multiply it, you know, linear, linearly is my understanding. Now there's a chance that it goes up or down, but we try to just follow our gut feeling on this. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're going to be able to look at this and this is where tracking is important. As we look, we have year to date PNLs that we review and uh, we'll be able to see what our profitability looks like and then adjust our goals uh, for what our payout is. Because essentially we don't work for revenue. Yeah. We work for profit. profit. 
Yeah. And I think that's important for any new investor, any yes. new agent, anybody, I mean, uh, starting out in any sales position or in any position to, to business plan for the following year and what your goals are. Those are important things that you need to, one, be able to see and analyze for the current year. Because if you don't have your current year stuff in an organized fashion that you can look at, then how are you going to know where to start to business plan for the next year, right? And so when we're talking about what kind of things we're including when yeah. we're business planning, yeah, I think those three things we talked about are huge. Revenue, expenses, and profit. And being able to look at your current year and how those numbers have played out, where you've spent what, what it's led to. Yes. And then moving that and transitioning, transitioning it into the next year. And the other part to that is we're not necessarily doing a deep dive on our where our market spend went, like mm -hmm. where our expenses went. That's something that we do a little bit later. We set the goal at the start to figure out what we want to do. That's the goal. And then the planning section, that's after. And so, you know, if this year you only spent, you know, 12,000 in marketing and you want to do four times as much business, there's a chance that you can only spend four times as much yeah. in your ad spend, but there's also a chance, like maybe there's a different way because now you're breaking into a market of 50,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a different tool that, you know, actually does more than 4,000 yeah. or four times your amount, right? That's where both of us are at this year is we're figuring out what services we can pay into to free up our plate to make more top of funnel. Yeah. And in addition to those, you know, kind of big three items, other stuff that we also include in a business planning, what we hear um, you should be incorporating in, into business planning is depending on if you're in sales, investments, or, or X, Y, and Z, is one, either volume, or two, you, the number of deals that you want to close. Units closed. Units closed. And, it, and by volume, we mean the final sales price of a home. You know, I, I want to sell $10 million worth of real estate this year. Help, you know, whether on the buying side or selling side, right? right. So volume or number of closed deals. Right. And again, it comes down to then you have to set the expectation of how many deals you want to actually participate in because the more deals you participate in, the more time suck there is. But you know, the lower vault, like the lower commission, usually the, the easier it is to get the deal. Yeah. And so then it's a balancing game. Do how many deals do I want to do and how much do I want to make per deal? Mm -hmm. And that defines how much volume you want to make. Yeah. Now that that's kind of more realtor specific. And obviously we spend a lot of time as realtors. So that's important to us. If you're uh, an investor, a different way of quantifying it would be what your average um, assignment fee, flip, uh, flip profits, you know, assigning average profits and mm -hmm. goal profits. That way, when you run your numbers, you don't have to question, okay, how much do I want to make? Every offer you make, you look at it, you say, okay, this is a flip 40, you know, 40 K profit. That's my goal. Yeah. And then we all know that when you set your goal is 40 K profit, there's a chance that you don't make it, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you what, you're not going to have nearly as many 20 K profits. Yeah. Right. For any deal you do accept, you get accepted. Now you realize, okay, well, if that makes my numbers lower, I need to market to more people. I need to find more motivated sellers. I need to be better at closing, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So that's an important thing if you're an investor. So what about non-monetary stuff? What about business planning aspects that don't have to do with any numbers for the business or profitability for the business? What other stuff 
can you include in business planning that doesn't have to do with the numbers that is still really important? Yeah. Um, different things that we've looked at in the past. So we've, we've gotten incorporated. That was a goal in 2020. Yep. Um, establishing rentals has been one. Um, that's been a goal that we've had in the past, uh, education or, or producing kind of any kind of a podcast or any way of giving back hours worked has been a big one for Mm -hmm. us. Um, how little can we work to make the amount of money we want to make? Uh, what else are you thinking? Somebody, if you're an individual agent and you're looking to bring on a buyer's agent to deal with your mm-hmm. buyer leads to one, again, like you were saying, free up your time, less hours worked, but two, bringing on a buyer's agent at the end of the day is also for profit, which can, which leads back to the numbers, but you know, goals like that, or, you know, new building CRMs. out a team, new CRM, exactly stuff that is essential and very important to your business. And that can help the numbers, but isn't in itself a a monetary goal. Yeah. The last one I could think of that's really important um, is financial management. So Mm -hmm. like we both restructured our our business finances, uh, moved to new banks, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important that like these are really, really good times to get everything changed. Yeah. So that way, when you're trying to focus on production, you're not worrying about, you know, whatever, changing your CRM or trying to do in onboarding or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and we'll, like you said, we'll dive into our personal goals and the big ones that we have. But when you mentioned banks, I was like, could you imagine having to go through that whole bank transfer we did at the beginning of the year when we're really trying to ramp up everything and really make leaps and bounds in our business? That would be such such, Such a, a setback and a headache. Oh my God. I am just so glad we and got when that you, done. Well, when you restart your fiscal year too, it's really <laughs> important for me. I'm not a financially super, I don't, you know, you and I talk about it very openly and I, I'm completely honest in that I get very nervous around finances. Yeah. I, I, it's a personal thing in my personal goals. I have a new goal of reviewing my financials every day. Yeah. Um, but when you're, you know, starting a new year, having it all set so that you're, you know, you start on the right foot. That's really key. And that's part of where us talking about this at the beginning of November was much more helpful than us waiting until, mm-hmm. you know, the week between Christmas and new year's yeah. and saying, okay, we're going to just, you know, sell more houses mm-hmm. and make more money. Like now it's okay. My, my accounts are set up better. Yep. Uh, the money is there, you know, here's it's all tied into my accounting software my cpa's involved all that is really helpful to have done before the new year starts yeah and so before we get into each of our personal goals and then our goals for our partnership let's talk about why it's important to share goals openly share them with a mentor with a friend putting it out there, what your goals are, instead of just holding them to yourself. Yeah. So first and foremost, and it, it was the first thing that I had put on our notes. And, and it's kind of funny because it's, it's a hard thing to explain. And I think our mentor, one of our mentors, Jason has done it really well is just putting things out into the universe. Right. And by the universe, I mean, you know, putting it out there, you know, if you are a person of faith for God or putting just putting your goals out there um, makes it known that 
you're wanting to achieve these things and you're going to do anything you can to achieve them. And it kind of falls back to, you know, visualization or affirmations when you're, when you're saying things and all this stuff, when you put those things out there into the universe, the universe is more than willing to give the, give that stuff back to you. So it's like I said, it's kind of a hard thing to explain, but I, I think that is hugely important. Yeah. It is. I'm so I'm devout Catholic for anybody who knows me. And uh talking with Jason, he always used the term universe and uh-huh. you know, he you know, he's a Christian guy and I always kinda was like, Well, I wonder what he means by that and I finally decided that it's okay to, you know, call it different things. Of course. For me, um I try to always put business and my faith in a way that can connect. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, you're in a state of constant internal battle. Yeah. And I realize that I've been told this whole time in business to, to put it out there what I want to do, um, to tell people, to show others what I'm doing. Uh, and I've also been told to give back to others too, right? So it's giving. Uh, and then it ties back to the passage of asking you shall receive. I don't think that there's any disagreement in those two statements. Mm-hmm. So for me, asking is, has always been a way of putting it out there. This is what I would like to do. And then the people that I'm helping constantly, I know they're going to always be bringing back to me. Whether or not it's them or something else, I know that as you give, it comes back tenfold. And so, you know, putting your goals out there has been really helpful because now not only am I putting out what I would like, other people around me are doing it and we're helping each other and everybody's getting lifted up that way. Yeah. And I think it's important to, and I remember when you had first gotten the book, I don't know if you have it on your shelf or know the name of it off the top of your head, but not keeping business and faith separate, but meshing the two and you may have it up there. Yeah. Um, invest yourself by John Abbott. Perfect. And so I think that's a super important, um, thing just, just to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, I'm also religious like your like yourself, but it for those who are not, for those who are, I think it's a universal concept. It, it's a universal concept of whoever, greater being (laughs) greater being greater purpose whatever it is getting it out there um and just making sure that you know you're not holding it in and and keeping all these things to yourself there's a lot of psychological things they talk about like cueing and your subconscious um like i was kind of saying earlier about reviewing your goals by reviewing it your brain is being you know kind of wired Mm -hmm. to start doing anything it can to get closer, right? Humans are very good at patterns and, and uh, pathways and solving problems. And so, you know, by constantly daily reviewing your goals, writing them out, there's a lot of things that people talk about. Um, You're setting yourself up to have a better mode of success because your brain's thinking about it. The same way they say, like, don't be, you know, what you feed your brain is really important about positivity, uh, charity, all the good things that we talk about. Um, it's the same for business. If you have a goal and you review it every morning, you know, when you're working, you're thinking about it. So that's something that we really wanted to kind of touch on. You and I are already talking about in our personal goals Yeah, as having time to really not only put it out there, like on this podcast, like what we're about to do, but also to constantly be reminding ourselves and getting that good influence from others and ourselves every day. Yeah. It's accountability. A hundred percent. And that's the perfect segue because I think for those of you out there who struggle to share your goals with other people who internalize a lot of, a lot of your goals, I think it's very, very easy. And I I would be lying if I say I haven't struggled with this before too, 
is when you keep these goals to yourself or ambitions to yourself, it's very easy for you to talk yourself down. So if you make the goal and say, okay, you know, I want to close 20 transactions this year, but you're only keeping that to yourself and, you know, two months go by, three months go by, you know, you're halfway through the year and you've only closed five transactions. It's very easy for you to say, oh, you know, you you know what, I'll just shoot for 10. And I think the accountability part is huge because, and and that's the purpose of what our weekly meetings are for and will be continuing into the new year is not only one having someone, you know, to kind of be like, dude, what's going on? Like you need to step it up, not only be there that way, but also help you find why you're not, you know, on pace for your goals. How can we better fix it and pivot to, you know, you may have only closed five through the six months. How are we going to make sure you close that other freaking 15 these next six months? What do we need to do? And, and what do you need to do to perform to do that? And it's also, it, I, in my opinion, um, it allows the person who's missing their goals to not, you know, kind of kick themselves while they're down. You know, if you already have somebody there holding you, you know, holding your feet to the fire, yeah. you know, you have to have some personal responsibility, but not keeping yourself down because, oh, I didn't make it and I'm crap or I'm, you know, I'm lazy, whatever. Now you also have somebody who says, look, you may, you already missed this. It's time to resolve that. Whatever is there is gone. What did we do wrong? What are we going to do next to make it right? Yeah. So that's, that's really helpful. The other part to it too is then when you feel busy and you look back, you can't say, oh, I was busy. If you weren't selling houses, you might be busy, but you were not being productive. Yeah. We aren't here to just be busy. Yeah. And I'll speak for myself. And I think inherently um, as humans, right, we, we don't like letting people down, especially if they are family or friends or very close people to us. Um, I, I, I don't like letting people down, you know, so if I share my goals with you, when I'm sharing it, when we're sharing them with everybody on the podcast, with our mentors and stuff, I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let all of the listeners to the podcast down who now know my goals. I don't want to let my mentors down. I think it kind of also ignites a little bit of a fire within yourself. Like, all right, all these people know what my goals are. They're going to know. And they're going to know if I do it or not. So I better freaking do it. The the last part too is I was listening. I was kind of getting down on myself uh, about um, kind of my performance. And fiscally, it's been a great year. But you know, if my headspace isn't there, then you know it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to this video with David Goggins while I was driving to an appointment, and it was a conversation about like what goes through his head uh, when when he's dealing with the doubt. And it was funny because I'm sitting there and I'm like, this guy's a physical you know, specimen. He's probably the top of the top. And for people who don't know, he was a Navy SEAL and a Ranger, uh, airborne, ex-military. He's done everything, right? And he was talking about the mindset when he wants to quit. And uh, that's obviously what you feel when you're not going to miss a goal. You're like, well, fine, I'll just quit. You know, and then people won't ask. I'll just be, oh, I quit that. And I was thinking to myself like, ah, and he was talking about how, you know, for his story, there's a, you know, 300 pound guy who lost a hundred pounds in like eight months to go to buds. And, you know, if you quit now, you're letting down that guy and every version of that guy that got you to where you are today. And like you and I haven't really dealt with, you know, something like that or physical defeat, but like 
we've had a lot of growing pains. And like you think back to all those times where you're going through something really hard, where you're sacrificing and you're working at night and you wake up early and you're going to the appointments and you're giving up your weekends. And if you quit now on your goal, you're giving up on the guy who already sacrificed. Mm -hmm. Regardless if that's how you want to think about it or not, I thought that was a really interesting way of, of accountability to yourself. Yeah. Because now you, you can't let go of that person. The other people can let it go because it's not their story. But the guy that's been working for this who set the goal in November to sell X amount of real estate, he can't quit now. He's already put in eight months of sales. And if you're going to quit on your goal now, you're only disappointing that guy. Yeah. And not only are you or disappointing that guy, excuse me, but in our case, you're also disappointing the guy who, you know, three years ago or four years ago knew nothing about real estate and, right. you know, in one, two, three years has come from knowing nothing about any real estate or any real estate terms with zero knowledge and to closing $10 million in your example worth of real estate this year, you're not, you're letting down every other every iteration version of yeah. that guy all the way before. It's just very interesting. And if this is your first year, you know, in the business and you're thinking about planning, whether or not you're coming from school or you're coming from a job, mm -hmm. there's a person who has made significant sacrifice to get to, failing yeah and failure is not the end it's you know obviously it's a path to success right but you know by putting your goals out there and by setting the goals and having something that you can refer back to you allow yourself to push further and it's the same as when you want to do 10 pull-ups you know if you just say i'm gonna do as many pull-ups as i can you're gonna quit sooner than if you say i'm gonna make it to this number mm -hmm. because you're gonna keep going and when you the first time you hit that little hit of uh resistance you're going to quit but if you know i have to sell 30 houses and you're only at 22 and you're in october you better get your ass in gear yeah if your goal is to make you know your first hundred thousand dollar year and you're at eighty six thousand, you aren't going to sleep at night content with where you're at yeah because if you didn't have a goal you'd say i already made eighty six thousand. you know i'm i'm 20 whatever and you know, I'm doing great in the business, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm my own boss. But if you had that goal, you, you know, that satiate, you're not satiated. You're right there. Yeah. And one last thing, one last point, um, I want to talk about before we dive in and share each of our goals and then EBI's goals is I think it's also important, you know, whether like you were saying, you're the first year agent, the first year investor, or, you know, second, third, it's important to also be self-aware of, you know, you can't catch yourself looking at other investors, you know, or other friends no. that, you know, who are in the business and seeing them do X amount and say, oh, you know, I'm not doing good if, if I'm not that right. Like take, take our cases, yeah. for example, we're just in right? different spots. We're at different spots. It, it would be, uh, it would be stupid of me to sit myself down and set the same goals for my business that you have for your business going into 22 it, it would be stupid of me because there's, there's be no way uh, completely unrealistic. And I think that's one important point. You've got to set realistic, but challenging goals, because if you set uh, things that, uh, that you know are not going to be attainable, your business is not going to go from a hundred thousand dollars in revenue every year to a million the next year. Yeah. You know, there may be very there's few, few cases, cases of people that have done, but 99% uh, of times, uh, doing the same things you've been doing or even tweaking a little bit, 
you're not going to make that huge jump. So you've got to make stuff realistic. Yes. Challenging, but realistic. Yeah. It's the smarts. What is it? Specific, reasonable, uh, attainable. Mm. Or no, smart. It doesn't matter. It, it's the acro- It's the acronym <laughs> for setting up goals that are achievable. Yeah. Uh, the other one that we always use is big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAG. Um, and we both definitely are pushing for that this year. But you know, yeah. we're going to talk about it. We're going to put it out there. Let's do it. And I'll promise you what. We're doing a wrap-up episode next yeah next week is our last recording for 21 mm-hmm. um we'll do one in 22 and we're gonna reference this podcast yeah. about hey remember when we put out this is what we're gonna do well mm-hmm. here's what we did all right you go first all right let's do it how about i go i'll just ask you your questions right okay, so go ahead. Uh, this year what is barrett real estate inc's goal for revenue revenue goal is two hundred eighty-five thousand. Okay. and um you came up with that number from how so as many of you know we are licensed agents but we are also investors so Mm -hmm. we've got income uh possibilities from you know those two different streams for our business so broken down into those two to get the two hundred eighty-five thousand in revenue i would like to do 12 real estate sales which is one closed transaction every month. month right and for those 12 sales for that one escrow that's closed every month, I What's would like goal? an average sale price of 350,000, which is our market average, which is our market average at the two and a half percent commission, which right now is lower than my 2020 average. What's your current 2021 average? 2.88% commission. I want you guys to remember that number. So 2.88%. The average commission is typically between 3% and two and a half. Mm-hmm. So you average closer to 3% than two and a half. Closer to 3%. Okay. So, and that averages out 350K average sales price at two and a half percent comes out to about 105,000. Okay. So 100, so 105, 105 of our 285 is now accounted for. And how I'm going to make up that other difference to get to the 285 is I also want to close 12 investment deals. Okay. Which again, averages out to one closed investment deal a month. Um, you know, whether that be a flip, whether that be a wholesale, whatever, a, a JV deal, a wholesale, um, whatever it is, an investment deal with an average, you profit. know, profit of $15,000. Okay. So we, we've set our expectation of both sides of your business mm-hmm. and each one has the average profit you have to make from the sales. Yep. And you have it in a way that you can each month see exactly what percentage you're at. 100%. And on our CRM, you have a tracker yep. that is going to be showing you what percent of your goal you're at Yep. by just showing your closed deals in the, in the CRM. So each month at our last Friday meeting, you will be able to look and say, this is how many deals I've completed. Mm-hmm. For X amount total, this yep. is where I am relative to where I'm supposed to be. Yep, and that so we've got the 180 from the average um, investment profit, and we've got 105 from the average sales profit. Yep, which is how we get to the 285. Now tell me, revenue. where did you come up with? Why did you come up with a 285 revenue? Why was that your goal? It's a very specific number. Yeah, so the 285 was really derived from these two things themselves. So for example, 
this year I am on, I, I will close seven real estate transactions on the sales side. Right. Okay. So I, yeah. And it was funny cause we were sitting down and, um, I was like seven and I was like, okay, I think getting into the double digits, I think, you know, 10 is good. And you're like, okay. I mean, if you're going for 10, why not do 12? Add, add on two more escrows and make it an average of one closed deal a month. And I was like, it's a very attainable I was like, number. Shit. Okay, let's do it. So it was really working backwards from 12. We used the market uh, average of 350 and got the 105. Okay. And then an average investment deal, uh, you know, depending on if it's a flip or a yep. wholesale or a wholesale. Um, I went on the conservative side of 15 and one a month, came to the 180. And working backwards from that is how the 285 was was attained. So I didn't start with the 285 and then work down from that. I started with what I wanted to do and how I'm going to do it to get to that big bigger revenue cool. number. Now, what's your profit goal? Profit, I would like Barrett Real Estate Inc. to gross 200K. Dang. Yeah. So, um, and that is, I, I think, what we were talking about in part is looking at the expenses for 2020, looking at your profit and loss and seeing X, Y, and Z, but then also doing your best. Um, and I'll use your marketing channel as an example of paying for a cold caller, right? Is going to cost, you know, X amount or paying for, um, a different marketing channel is going to be X amount, but what can I expect to reasonably come from that? Because we know a lot of other people who use these different marketing channels and have numbers to fall back on. Um, and so, yeah, 285 K in revenue, uh, which would then in turn equal about 85,000 in business expenses, expenses for the business to gross 200 K. There you go. Now you, can you share a couple of your personal ones? You yeah. don't have to share all of them, but maybe some of the ones, cause I think it's important that people understand too, that when we did our goal planning, we weren't just looking at business. Like we, it's not all about hmm. making money. Yeah. And personally, um, mine start financial, right? So, um, I would like to, of that 200, right? Grossed from the business personally on paper through being paid through the business, personal income taxes, X, Y, and Z, I would like to make $80,000 on, on a W2 through the business, right? Yep. So that is my main goal. I want to make sure I'm set up on that correctly. So make you can sure you buy a house, you can get loans. Of course. Yes. Because you know, w without, a paper trail show showing what you're making it and doing do it correctly. You, you don't have any, any, you know, report to, to take and do all that stuff. Exactly. Okay. So, and of that 80 K, I kind of broke it down a little bit. Um, wanted to use 30,000 for living, ex living expenses, use 30,000 to set away for a down payment on a house. And then the remaining 20 K, to divide amongst, um, you know, different sort of investments, whether that be in the stock market, diversifying that way a little bit, or, um, you know, a down payment on mm -hmm. a rental or X, Y, and Z. Um, other than that, you know, the, only, uh, another personal goal I'll share real quick is, you know, a, a minimum for the entire year, five days a week of moving, doing sort some sort of workout for at least 45 minutes, yeah. five days a week. There you go. Yeah. So part came from 75 hard. Yeah. 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 Yep. 75 hard kicked our, uh, <laughs> kicked our ass at the beginning of the year. Yeah. All right. So that's me. Let's, um, let's pivot over to you. So I'll kind of start with the same thing you asked me is Farrell real estate Inc. What 
are you wanting your business to make in revenue for 2022? It is really uncomfortable to say, but I promise that I will get more confident in it. And it is 1 million in gross revenue. Okay. Seven figures. I had a goal when I was just starting that I wanted to make a million dollars before I was 25. This is it. This is the shot. So that's the goal. And that's fucking baller, dude. I'm so pumped. Um, so working backwards from there for that $1 million in revenue, um, how are you going to do it? What, what are you planning to do in X, Y, and Z to get your business to that to that revenue amount. So uh, real estate sales, I set fairly reasonable. So this year I'll close like a little over 10 million, close to 11 million. Uh, I wanna just do that again. And uh, so for me to do that, this year I I sold at 2.63% average commission. So you were at 2.8 something, I'm at 2.6 something. So my average commission actually profits me a little bit less for the deal size. Um, But this year uh, I did 20, or just I have, 26 or 27 houses, um, I will be closing 25 next year. It makes my average sale 400,000, slightly above market. Okay. And uh, I want my average commission payout to be $10,500. Okay. Uh, so these are all accounting real numbers. This is, you know, in my sales about how much I did this year. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very similar to what I'm going to be done with this year. The big, the big difference I've been telling everybody I know, I want to be an investor more than an agent. Absolutely. Uh, so 750000 in uh, investment income. So for me to do that, I need to be selling uh, 25 investment deals. So uh, I had the goal of eight flips, making 40000 profit each. That means I'd have to do two every quarter or one and a half a month. And I'd have to do 17 wholesale deals or wholesale deals making 25,000 per pop. So this year, my average wholesale was about, uh, yeah, about 30,000. And my average flip, uh, I will only have done one this year. It's gonna be about 38. So just shy of 40, it was a joint venture. Um, I'm already in contract to negotiate my first ones for the beginning of next year. Uh, And I have all of my budgets planned to try to make 50,000 in profit per flip because I know that flips are going to not always go the right way. Yeah. Um, but essentially it means that each, each month at the end of the month, I need to be able to sit down at our Friday meeting and say, uh, you know, I sold, uh, two houses for 800,000 in volume, mm-hmm. uh, and made tw- 21,000 from commissions this month. And that I'd also have to be able to tell you that I have, uh, at least 35,000, uh, deposited into my account this year per month for uh, investment deals, plus an additional uh, 80,000 per quarter on top of that. So you can't double dip. Yeah. So it, you know, really that, what that means is I need to be doing uh, one and a half deals, one and a half wholesale deals at 25 K a month. And on top of that, doing a flip working on closing. the flips for the quarter. Yeah. So, it is going to be an outrageous difference from what I'm at right now. This year, I only did, you know, five or six total investment deals. But, uh, you know, I, I was really working on selling houses and I had a lot of other stuff going on 
getting off the team, doing all that. Mm-hmm. Upcoming, you know, my marketing streams are, are ramped up yeah. infinitely more. Last Which year, I, I, didn't, I didn't market for a single investment deal. Yeah. This year, I'm going to be marketing and actively finding them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on my resale, I, you know, I doubt that I only sell 10 million next year. Each year, I've, I've added about 4 million um, in sales. I did it again from last year at 7 point something now i'm at 11 point something Mm -hmm. you know so we'll have to see i bet those numbers flex you know fluctuate a lot but really the big goal for me i need to make eighty three thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars a month so i don't care how i do it um as long as at the end of each month my bank statement reads that i added eighty three thousand yeah three hundred and thirty three dollars that's really what it comes down to for for my business and of that number that one million dollar uh, number for revenue. What is the profit number for Farrell Real Estate Inc.? The ideal goal is going to be 700k. So that would be uh, where I would like to be. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if that's realistic because going from um, I'll be just shy of 400k in revenue this year. Yeah. Uh, I I just followed the math on this year's numbers to yeah. next year. But I've already paid into some marketing streams that mm-hmm. are going to be a lot more expensive than what I did this year. Yeah, you know, I, I made you know like over six figures from no marketing. It's kind of an unrealistic expectation. So we'll have to see. But I have the goal at seven hundred k. Personally, I, I'm I'm not going to be making that much. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see a real reason to pay myself out that much. Yeah. Um, but I'd like my business to do that uh, and, and see how it, see what it's like. Yeah. You know, be a seven figure producer. Yeah. And I know you shared one of your personal goals earlier in the episode, which was, you know, every morning you wanting to make sure you check your financials, be in tune with that. Yeah. So it's not as stressful, um, you know, for you. What are some of your other personal goals for 2022? Uh, so biggest one, I get married next year. Um, so developing my my relationship, both with with Kayla and with everybody else. Yeah. You know, and managing that, that's going to be really important. Um, yeah. Two, uh, in the mornings, I want to have a routine. This last year, it's kind of been, I wake up and, and fly to work as fast as possible. So setting up a routine um, that allows me to get my workout in, uh, meditate on how I feel, uh, participate spiritually, whether through prayer or meditation uh, every morning, and then reviewing my financials. I think those things are really important so that I get my and eat breakfast. I have, I haven't mm. eaten breakfast in like three years. <laughs> so yeah. I want to get to a point where I wake up and I, I'm coming to the office uh, as prepared as I can be. Absolutely. Uh, because as I've gotten to the end of this year, I noticed that I've just mentally kind of started sagging in keeping up good habits. And so, you know, as next year, I want to make sure that I, nourish my own body because it's going to be a lot of work to do the things that we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Anything, any last stuff you want to share for personal or or fair real estate Inc. And part of that morning routine, writing down my goals and affirmations every day. I think, uh, I just bought that three, uh, project three, six, nine. Yeah. Do you have it? No. Okay. So I bought it yesterday on Amazon. It comes in, it comes in, uh, this week. Nice. Uh, I'm going to try that out, but essentially I want to really, hone in my mindset because at this point I've proven to myself, I'm the key person holding myself back from doing what I want to do. Yeah. So that's been big. 
Yeah, that's been um, for those of you who are like, what what the heck is Project Three Six Nine or this that and the other? Um, I've seen it. Uh, Jason was the first guy that I saw who who had kind of posted, you know, what that is and writing down some of that things and, and affirmations. But yeah. I've seen since then quite a few other investors we know that have used it. Um, and when I've spoken to them, that they've mentioned it with you know without me asking and, and brought it up. So I think that is that's kind of cool and yeah. and it'll be a good good resource yeah last year we did uh 75 hard at yeah. the start of the year yeah. that was its own beast <laughs> you know this year i'm gonna try that and i think it's important to you know push yourself hardest at the beginning of the year because you you know it's like any other game or sport when you have a four quarters you know your first quarter you got to come out strong the last quarter you're motivated by your goal your heart is that comes down to just grit you know your i i really believe that your first and third quarters are huge influencers on how you perform yeah and all right like you mentioned um next week we're gonna have a really quick wrap-up episode for the podcast itself the pursuit of property kind of our year in review and our goals for the podcast those are going to be in the wrap-up but let's talk about you know this thing right here ebi ebi early bird investments early bird investments so if you guys have been kind of, if you know us, you've been following our journey for a little bit, you know that in 2020, in a span of 14 days or 14, yeah, 18 maybe, so, something crazy, we had gone from zero to nine houses in, in South Bend, Indiana. And then all of 2021, we've actually gone down one door. So we went from nine to, to eight, eight houses. We sold off one house, which is was the bet the move to do yeah so we are happy with going from nine to eight doors with the one we, we sold off yeah but i think this year for us when we were sitting down and trying to come up with ebi goals because you know we're, we're both in this for the long game right and the long game is you know let long-term cash flowing rental properties and i yeah. think um you know when we were being completely open and honest with each other and you know just for the viewers as well ebi we didn't add any doors this year we spent a lot i mean probably the first quarter of the year the first quarter and a half managing refinances for four of them which if you guys have never gone through a refinance um my it it definitely is easier for the people on the w2s and the uh the nine to fives and not managing tenants and and contractors oh my gosh and And lenders and it was our first time and and essentially if you think about it uh i think we've turned four of our properties this year we're about to start our fifth about to start our fifth so that's essentially going through four or five flips so it's like we didn't add any doors we spent a lot of time managing and kind of figuring out how this whole thirty thousand of our own money yeah thirty thousand of our own money trying to figure out how this landlord thing works so not to make any excuses as to why we haven't added any doors because i i think that is important for us to do is to the goal should be to add more doors every year we will end this year with not having added more doors being negative one but taking that into account and moving forward into 2022 um let's kind of just hit those quick bullet points real quick for ebi we want uh only multi-unit rentals added yep and we want to have 12 doors so whether that's six duplexes four triplexes three fourplexes a mix of any of that um that is that's one of our biggest goals yeah that would take us from our eight to to then 20 doors which i think um is completely doable and i think respectable number yeah which and i think 
would be a drastic difference from what we're seeing now with eight doors. I think 20 doors would be freaking dope. And the economy of scale starts kicking in the bigger yeah. you get. Yeah, 100%. Uh, refinance the remaining rentals that we have out of our private money loans and <laughs> yeah. get them transferred into our LLC. Yeah. We have really, really good private lenders who like long-term holding, mm-hmm. uh, but it eats our cash flow. By so, a lot. <laughs> so uh, we've been dealing with tenants. Uh, we've been you know raising a little bit of capital and... Yeah. Most importantly, we are filing our taxes to get better loans. So uh, starting next year, we want to wrap up a few more loans and yeah. we want to get all of our properties put in our LLC so that we are protected. Completely done. What about our uh, additional money? Yeah. So um, we want to do one transactional, um, you know, one one transaction per quarter. So four transactions um, that are that, that bring income in. So separate from a rental property, whether that be... Uh, a wholesale, a flip, um, whatever it is out there, a joint venture. We want one transaction per quarter with an average of ten thousand dollars coming into the account. So, and the reason for that is because this year we spent thirty-five thousand out of our own pocket. Yeah. Had we done four transactions at ten thousand, we would have net ten thousand extra dollars. Yeah. Or five thousand extra dollars. Uh-huh. Obviously, we would be paying taxes on stuff, but we also aren't taking into account tax depreciation. Yeah. And the final bullet point we have on here, which we are in the process of doing, which is great, which is, um, you know, the reason why we plan this, you know, at the timing we did going into 2022 is um, drafting an operating agreement for our LLC. So uh, a lot of you guys are people who are in partnerships right now or, you know, this, that and the other. You may be kind of doing things by the fly, which is what we've been doing, which you know, in the beginning is, is nothing wrong, right? We're yeah. great friends. Um, y- you've got to have something in writing, not only to outline, you know, the, the ownership of the company split 50. So it's on paper signed by both parties, but it's also important for, you know, if anything were to pop up, like for example, if, you know, I, I fell on times where I, I came to you and I said, look, I, I want to, get out of all of these eight rental properties. How do we go about doing that? Right. So, um, I think drafting that operating agreement, um, you know, that there may come a time where we'll need to use it, but it's really there for our own protection and keeps your relationship sure. better. Yeah, exactly. You so know, that again, nothing... sets, it sets an expectation and it sets a guideline. The yeah. other thing that we had talked about, I'm getting married, you know, it's like, well, yeah. If I die, Kayla obviously would be taking over yeah. the ownership. Yeah. That's just how. So we need to establish how that would look. Yeah. So that's the big uh, non-monetary change. Yep. And that, that's all I have for our EBI stuff. That's all I have. You know, other than that, we have a podcast. You know, the goal of getting a podcast episode out a week, we got really organized on this. Obviously, you can tell our content is now consistent again. Yeah. Um, You know, we really wanted to share this podcast today to get our goals out, to explain why we wanted to get our goals out. And we're going to be doing Facebook posts and Instagram posts with this yep. uh, so that you can refer back to it and uh, hold us accountable. Keep our feet to the fire. Um, is there anything else you want to add other than we're going to be doing a 22 wrap or a 21 wrap up? I don't think so. I mean, uh, as always, as we say every episode, if you guys are struggling um, with anything related to what we talked about today, mm-hmm. need some guidance on business planning, new agent, new investor, um, questions on literally anything that we might be able to help, help out with. 
We're always here. As always, you can find us on social media. Shoot us an email at pursuitofproperty at gmail.com. I mean, we are literally here for you guys. We run this podcast for you guys. Yep. We spend, you know, an hour and a half, two hours a week on this podcast for you guys. So um, we are always here for you. Absolutely. And uh, by the time you see this, it is Christmas time. So yep. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you next week before the Happy New Year's. That's right. All right. Thanks, guys.